The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Thursday morning headlines. 18 reported tornadoes touched down in parts of Oklahoma, Kansas, and Iowa yesterday. At least two people are dead. Storms down trees and power lines, destroyed buildings and homes, and caused several road closures. That severe storm threat shifts today to include parts of Louisiana, Missouri, Arkansas, and much of Texas. The state wants to help you save money and prepare for the next weather emergency. <clears throat> this weekend is the state's sales tax holiday for certain supplies under a specific amount of money, including portable generators, emergency ladders, hurricane shutters that cost below $300. There are other items under the $75 price range that qualify under the tax holiday. The highly anticipated launch of the SpaceX Starship is expected to happen this morning. The largest rocket in human history is launching from Boca Chica Beach right next to South Padre Island. The launch window starts around 8.30 this morning. So we're watching that for you and we are watching a chance of severe storms headed our way and throughout Central Texas. Good morning everyone on this Thursday. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Erica Brennan. So from what we understand, it's the hail, right, Kristen, that is yes. the biggest concern? That's the primary threat. Yeah, we'll be large hail, yeah. but really nothing's off the table. So let's start with what's going on this morning because this severe storm threat for today, that's actually for tonight. So it's going to be a late night event. Right now we've got clouds and radar showing pretty quiet conditions. I mean, we're not going to see much other than a few pockets of light rain, sprinkles and mist on the way out the door this morning. Live look from our Whittlesey Landscape Supplies weather camera there in southeast Austin. Cloudiest skies up top. Probably not going to see a whole lot of sunshine today, similar to what we felt yesterday. But as far as the numbers go, upper 60s, low 70s. It is warm. It is muggy. It is going to stay warm as we see those afternoon highs climb back into the 80s. You'll notice the rain chances through the day slow to climb 20% this morning to 40% by this afternoon. But then that jumps up to 70% by the time we hit this evening. And that's also going to be matched with an increase in severity here. That's a two out of five threat we're looking at across all counties. You notice Every single county has now been included in that slight risk, and that's going to be something that we'll really focus on coming up in your first warning forecast, breaking down the timing and those threats. Now, your weekend forecast also needs an update, increasing rain chances as we get into the weekend, and that will be followed by a drop in temperatures, a very active weather pattern settling in. We'll talk more about it here in a few minutes. Okay, Kristen, thank you. Parents and teachers say a lockdown at a South Austin Montessori school this week made them even more worried about crime in that one area. The school is near Brody Lane and William Cannon Drive. The head of the school says recent incidents, including a break-in, forced them to make safety upgrades. KXAN's Brianna Hollis spoke to school leaders who fear a nearby homeless camp is contributing to the increase in crime. So we've got the babies. Hi. And how important are the students to you? Um, they're everything. That's why Mariposa Montessori head of school Leslie Harrington got even more serious about safety after police arrested a man in an early morning break-in in December. We hired a safety guard, a bulletproof foam for glass that we're going to put on all the windows in the school, new fencing around the perimeter and updating our alarm system. Instead of being able to invest in you know, educational materials and toys, 
They've had to invest in fences and extra security and cameras. Councilmember Ryan Alter says he's in regular communication with school leaders about crime concerns, including when the school went into lockdown Monday. His office says a man who lives nearby thought someone was burglarizing his home and fired a warning shot, prompting the lockdown. While students and staff were never in danger, the incident fueled more concerns. I would have freaked out as well. So there's just been concerns over over being out here. Harrington says she noticed the crime increase as the nearby camp grew. A spokesperson for the city's homeless strategy division says multiple city departments are addressing the site and are in contact with the school. The biggest thing we can do as a city is to try to create more of that transitional shelter housing. So I do feel like the city is trying. Um, they're just working with limited resources. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. The head of Mariposa Montessori says she's meeting with APD this week to discuss her concerns. APD says the department will more consistently patrol near the school. The department says it's able to free up more officers for this kind of work due to the new, due to the new DPS patrols in the city. Please send somebody now. I've already called. This is not okay. I need, I need police officers now. This isn't the first time a local business has voiced these kinds of concerns. The video you just watched was from January when a man believed to be experiencing homelessness tried to break into a South Austin salon with a pole. The owners believe the man was from a camp off Ben White Boulevard in Pack Saddle Pass. KXAN asked Austin's homeless strategy division what's being done to clean up the camp. A spokesperson told us at the time a team would conduct field surveys to prioritize camp cleanups. Another bill headed to the House would require school boards to approve new library materials and publicly release lists of proposed library purchases. Supporters say it would allow public schools and parents a chance to weigh in. Critics say the bill's language is too vague and could slow down the process of acquiring new books. Well, Texas school districts without an active shooter plan do not have to implement a strategy. They could be put under state supervision. That consequence is part of a bill heading to the Texas House. The legislation is in response to the Uvalde shooting that happened last May. If it becomes law, it would create a safety and security department within the Texas Education Agency. The Texas Tribune reports that an audit released three years ago revealed more than 600 school districts did not have an active shooter plan at all. Austin City Council wants to keep electric scooters and other devices organized around town, so it's going to meet later today to talk about it. Among the agenda items, a plan to have the city manager explore safe ways to maintain micro-mobility devices like, of course, e-scooters and bikes. It will also discuss a potential plan for the city manager to explore the use of more sustainable concrete in city projects. Concrete can create a large amount of greenhouse gas during its manufacturing. The meeting is at 10 this morning. A local cheerleader shot in a misunderstanding. The new update on how she's doing in the hospital. A new housing scholarship program for University of Texas students. How you can qualify. Good morning. There is a live look that you're watching right now from our camera over at the Whittlesey in South Austin. Kristen is here. She has a look at your forecast and the rain that we're expected to see throughout Central Texas. And just how severe some of those showers might be. Well, the Round Rock High School cheerleader shot in Elgin remains at a local hospital this morning. Her name is Peyton Washington, and her father says that she is now recovering in the intensive care unit at Del Seton Medical Center after doctors removed her spleen. 
He says his daughter was shot in the leg and in the back and that another girl was grazed by a bullet. Peyton and three other cheerleaders stopped at an HEB parking lot off 290 in Elgin after driving back from their practice gym in Houston. The owner of the gym, Lynn Shearer, says one of the girls accidentally tried to get into the wrong car and that's when a man started shooting. Elgin police say surveillance video led them to Pedro Tello Rodriguez Jr. He was arrested the same day at his home. Coming up on today, more from the gym owner as the investigation continues. State lawmakers are a step closer to regulating school library books. What could change? An airman accused of leaking classified documents is in jail waiting for his trial to start while Congress is pushing for change beyond the courtroom. Texas baseball team back home for the first of a five-game homestand and, well, they didn't have to play nine innings. I've got more on that coming up. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Good morning. Welcome back. Back, everyone, on this Thursday is April the 20th. We're going to check in with Kristen to see what your weather is looking like on this day and to see if there are any chances for severe weather as we get you ready here on KXAN News Today. Some students at the University of Texas in Austin are now eligible for housing funds. The university has started notifying 3,500 eligible students about a pilot housing scholarship. It's a program that offsets student housing costs by giving them $1,800. We have a deeper look at the qualification on our website. Search under UT Housing Scholarship Program. I should say it's per year, not a month. Looking closer, the West Campus area has higher rent prices than many other parts of Austin. That's according to data from Apartment List. Two-bedroom apartments are costing renters $2,000. That's about $100 to $200 more than the citywide average. Austin is currently working on ways to address affordable student housing. City manager is actually working with colleges on creating a goal for student housing development that can be added to the city's housing blueprint. All right, this might be my favorite story of the day. <laughs> Tacos aren't just for Tuesdays anymore. We know that. It's a 24-7, 365 food. Uh, in fact, Mexican food overall becoming the most preferred food in the country after years of Italian being number one. Interesting. A 2022 study from a group called Data Essential uh, examines the food market and it says cravings are changing by generation. All right, so boomers and Gen X from the 40s to the 80s overwhelmingly preferred Italian food. Chinese food is in second place, but millennials and Gen Z, those are 1980s through early 2000s, Mexican food is number one for you. Um, one of the people behind the study explains it. It's just the changing demographics of the country as a whole, you know, both the who's, you know, in the country and also, you know, who we're friends with, who our neighbors are. The study says it's a trend that's been building for decades. And by the way, salsa outselling ketchup and tortilla chips outselling potato chips in the United States. States. Wow. I believe it. That's what we do not leave HGB without the uh, HGB homemade salsa. Yeah. Yes. Tortillas. Yes. Chips. Yeah. Done. See, I'm kind of the opposite. This does surprise me because, I mean, chips and salsa taking out pizza, like pizza. 
You know? I get it. That is like a universal language for children. I know, I know. I, it, listen, it's always Taco Tuesday when yeah. I was growing up, you know, I yeah. ate nothing but Mexican food, so this right. is no, this is no <laughs> like, this surprise. Is yeah. This has been my life. <laughs> Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here, because we have quite a bit to talk about when it comes to the chance of some strong to severe storms later on tonight. Clouds and radar not showing anything that I'm concerned about yet. Temperatures are comfortable, 60s and 70s out there. As far as as the numbers go, you can plan on those mild temperatures still on the warm side as we get into the later part of the afternoon. By that, I'm talking about that 8 a.m. temperature of 71, climbing to a 4 p.m. temperature of 83 degrees today, very similar to what we felt yesterday. But the rain chances will start low, and then they're going to climb as we get past this afternoon. So 20% through lunchtime, 40% in the afternoon will go up to 70% for the late evening, early nighttime hours, and then eventually those rain chances come down. So let me break it down for you as far as what we can expect our future radar to potentially look like. As I put this into motion, you'll notice through the morning, it's pretty similar to what we had yesterday. Pockets of light rain, sprinkles, and mist. Nothing severe expected between now and early afternoon. It's going to be as we get into the heating of the day here, about 3, 4 o'clock, you can start to see some thunderstorms begin, and then these storms really start to pick up in coverage and intensity around 5, 6 p.m. Um, so your evening commute home still looking very impressive, unfortunately, as we get into tonight. So this is now past sunset, 8, 9 o'clock. We see these storms gaining in intensity and strength, and then eventually 11 p.m. into midnight, those storms will push out. We'll just be left with a few spotty showers as we get into Friday morning. But that being said, it's a 2 out of 5 risk for everybody, meaning scattered severe storms possible anywhere from Mason County to Fayette County. This is an all-central Texas deal here as we get into this evening. What are my threats? I think large hail by far will be the primary concern here. So one to two inch hail and that will certainly leave a mark. You want to make sure as you get home this evening you park your car under some sort of cover. Damaging winds, especially if we start to see that line of storms uh, congeal and become one big line, then the threat will be the damaging winds. But even an isolated tornado can't be ruled out. I'm not necessarily thinking flooding is going to be too big of an issue. If anything, just some nuisance flooding in our eastern counties. Uh, but we're going to be able to hold a lot of that rain, especially out west. The severe storm threat kind of follows that, that risk of storms out towards our eastern counties as we get into tomorrow morning. So I think today will be the big day. However, there is now a risk of strong to severe storms Saturday night. That's new. I'm making a big deal out of it because I had to rearrange your rain chances here this weekend to now include Saturday night and most of Sunday. So stays very active over the next four days. A 70% chance of storms and showers with that severe risk this evening into tonight couple spot showers tomorrow morning. We take a break tomorrow afternoon. Then we get back into that risk of strong storms Saturday night into Sunday. Sunday, a 50% chance of storms and showers. And we'll continue with that chance of rain and storms early next week. Temperatures kind of going back and forth, 70s and 80s for the next six to seven days. All right, thanks, Kristen. State lawmakers have moved closer to regulating the books that fill public school library shelves. A House bill got initial approval with 11 Democrats joining Republicans 
to ban so-called sexually explicit books from school libraries. Ahead of the vote, a handful of people held what they call a read-in at the Capitol. If the bill gets signed into law, book vendors would have to rate their content as sexually relevant or sexually explicit based on references to sex or illustrations related to sex. Critics worry the bill's language is vague and violates free speech. It's very vague and the impact of this bill, we know because we've already seen it, um, would be to have books removed to censor diverse experiences, particularly about people of color and LGBTQ individuals. The Senate already passed its version of this legislation. The House needs one more vote before it heads over to the Senate to iron out the differences. It's really unclear though if the lawmakers will try to combine the bills, but we're watching that for you. And when we go in depth, we can tell you according to a report by Pen America from last year, Texas had more banned books than any other state. Last school year, Texas banned 801 books across 22 school districts. The report also found the majority of those books contained LGBTQ themes or protagonists or had major characters that were people of color. Well, last July, Jacob's Well in Wimberley was closed for swimmers as the lack of water made conditions unsafe. Meteorologist Nick Bannon tracks a grassroots movement in the area to save enough water to save the well and the water supply. Our main mission is really uh, protecting land so we can protect water. David Baker with the Watershed Association protects nearly 500 acres around Jacob's Well. So when the well is low, that means aquifer levels are low. So it's like an indicator of the health of our groundwater system. Last year here at Jacob's Well, they missed out on 16 inches of rainfall that they would normally have. What that meant was this stream here had no flow for 35 days, the most ever recorded. But the community is trying to restore the well and save the water. The part that you can't put a price tag on is, is that community stewardship, the protecting of the resources of your area. At nearby Blue Hole Primary School. The green pipes are the black water, wastewater that's leaving and then eventually ends up going to our on-site treatment facility. And then the purple water is the site harvested water. Here, the irrigation system outside and the toilets inside are supplied by condensation from air conditioners and rainwater. With funding from the Watershed Association, Wimberley ISD purchased water tanks, specialized gutters, and water sanitizing equipment. They adapted a thinking known as One Water. One Water is the concept that water at every part of the water cycle, no matter whether that's rainwater, uh, gray water, black water, uh, storm water, all has value. Through this process, they've been able to cut their water bill in half compared to similarly sized schools. And now a brand new project is underway in downtown Wimberley. We talked about it and we were all aware of what had happened at Blue Hole and how successful it had been and the excitement that the city showed about it. And we thought, well, why don't we do that too? The expansion of the village library will use AC condensation and rainwater to provide water to the toilets. I'm sure most of the contractors that we have hired had never heard of such thing, and they were able to do it very easily. Aside from praying for rain, more of these types of measures may actually make Jacob's well well. Things are growing in Wimberley and things are being built all the time, so hopefully this can be the next example behind Blue Hole to say, 
you can do this and it's it's worth doing. In Wimberley, meteorologist Nick Vannon, KXAN News. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you, Longhorn baseball team back in action tonight, the first of five straight at the dish. And ceremonial first pitch last night went to Longhorn basketball coach Rodney Terry. Terry trying to rebuild that Texas roster here as he had some of his current players, former players, and he's hoping future players on hand. Kobe Minchie getting the start against Abilene Christian. First batter of the game singles, and then he's picked off. And that's pretty much it for ACU's offense. Plenty of Longhorn offense. Bottom one, two outs. Garrett Gilmet, the USC transfer, clubs a two-run homer. Next batter, the TCU transfer, Porter Brown. Downtown Porter Brown on this one. Back-to-back -back home runs for the Horns. And then they busted open in the bottom of the second inning when they put eight on the board. Dylan Campbell rolls one into left field. That finds an RBI single. And then Jared Thomas after some struggles from ACU pitching. Bases loaded walks. And Thomas slices one down the left field line. Longhorns cruise 20 to nothing. Four pitchers combined on a two-hitter. They only played seven innings in this one. You can see why. Longhorn's highest run total of the season. 27th win of the season. And they open a homestand against Oklahoma tomorrow. This evening, UT softball ranked eighth in the nation against number three Oklahoma State at home. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.